This program is brought to you by SoundsTrue.com. At SoundsTrue.com, you can find hundreds of downloadable audio learning programs, plus books, music, videos, and online courses and events. We also host the annual Wake Up Festival, a five-day experience of transformation, held in August of each year in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. You can also join our free direct access membership program and read transcripts of all of the Insights at the Edge podcasts and search our collection of podcasts with now more than 100 episodes available. At SoundsTrue.com, we think of ourselves as a trusted partner on the spiritual journey, offering diverse, in-depth, and life-changing wisdom. SoundsTrue.com. Many voices, one journey. You're listening to Insights at the Edge. Today, my guest is Ramdas. Ramdas, whose name means servant of God, was originally known as Richard Alpert. Ramdas received his PhD in psychology from Stanford University and has taught at Harvard, Stanford, and the University of California. He began his studies in consciousness research with Timothy Leary at Harvard University in the 1960s, and today is a respected spokesman on the integration of Western culture with Eastern philosophies. Ramdas is the author of the classic book, Be Here Now, and the landmark books, Grist for the Mill and How Can I Help? With Sounds True, Ramdas has created several audio learning programs, including Conscious Aging, Experiments in Truth, and a new release, Love, Service, Devotion, and the Ultimate Surrender, Ramdas on the Bhagavad Gita, a program which is a 10-session audio program recorded in the late 1970s at Naropa University, a program that has been edited and digitally remastered in which Ramdas illuminates the Bhagavad Gita's essential verses with insights spanning many traditions. In this episode of Insights at the Edge, Ramdas and I spoke about his experience of the I or the self. We also talked about different planes of consciousness, including his experience of the ego, the individual soul, and the Atman, which he calls the mega soul. We also talked about his guru, Neem Karoli Baba, known as Maharaji, and Ramdas's experience of Maharaji living inside of him as a sense of presence. Here's my very moving and meaningful conversation with Ramdas, which took place at a distance with Ramdas speaking from his home in Maui. As many of our listeners know, Ramdas, you suffered an almost life threatening stroke in 1997. And I know you now refer to this stroke as if you were quote unquote stroked by grace. And just here at the beginning of our conversation, if you could talk some about how you understand being quote unquote stroked by grace. How is this grace? Well, um, when I first woke up in the hospital and 
the uh, people around me had long, long faces and um, and looked frightened. And um, so I looked up at a picture of my guru on the wall and uh, I said, you've, you've, you've given me your grace. And then this stroke and he didn't change one bit. And I think I wondered whether this was grace. So I then, uh, Nikki Lemley's um, movie, it went to India and um, it was uh, it was fierce grace for the for the stroke and um, Sidima who is the woman that was um, take over take over my guru's temples uh, she said she said Ramdas you can't imagine that Maharaji would get give you a stroke and she says the way I see it is the stroke is a natural phenomenon and then your reactions to it were was the grace because I reacted to the stroke as as if it were grace. The grace of the stroke it changed my life from it changed my life. Like, for example, um, I had a book uh, in the past called How Can I Help? Which was a very good book. And but now, I guess, I'd say the title would be, How Can You Help Me? Because I've now gotten to uh, um, the dependency, the dependency of sickness and I've come to value it. And when I'm dependent on such people around me that 
we have our roles. I have my role as a patient, have their role as as caregiver, and I think we both see ourselves as souls and the interaction does get spiritual. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, I I uh, I was a, at a crossing of um, a, a street uh, in my wheelchair, and uh, a couple came up and said, "Can we help you uh, to cross the street?" And they felt good for that, and I felt good for that, and. It was a rather pleasing uh, interaction. Now, the other thing was I couldn't talk for a while. And that was good. <laughs> I, I, I talk all the time, but to be talking... Not much. Boy, was wonderful. And then later on, as I got called upon to talk and uh, give lectures, the silence when I when the, the silence where I couldn't recall the word the, the 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 audience loved those silences gives them a chance to cogitate or to meditate and and I I to, I tell them that I'm going to be looking for a word, but they shouldn't, shouldn't pity me because that'll just waste the, the time for them. So I guess I think now, I think that my, 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 my body got the stroke and I am in the body and it, it, there's no reason to think that I had a stroke my body had a stroke and it's it's interesting. <laughs> if your body had a stroke, what is your experience currently of the quote-unquote I? What is your experience of I, Ramdas? 
I am I am consciousness I have um, I'm not in time or space and I'm down in my heart where my spiritual heart is loving awareness and then if I if somebody says who are you I say Ram does but I say to myself I am loving awareness. I am loving awareness. I am loving awareness. I am loving awareness. That's who I am. As I'm listening to you, Ramdas, I'm hearing a bird in the background. I know you're in Maui. Is that correct? Is that the sound of a bird? Mm-hmm. Yes. But yes. Yes, yes, it is a bird. I'm curious about something. You mentioned that you say to people who are listening to you at your lectures to use the space in your speech as an opportunity for meditation, contemplation, tuning in to this loving awareness. What I'm curious about in terms of your experience is here before your stroke, you were one of the master orators of our time, one of the most gifted, golden-tongued speakers I had ever recorded and met. And here now, as you speak, your words come out slowly. It's obviously much harder to weave together a complex story with lots of different threads of meaning. And I'm curious what that experience is like for you. Do you feel frustrated or do you get angry or what's that experience like for you as you explain what you're feeling inside? Um, I don't get frustrated it just means that I go uh, tangentially uh, and I my it's like I have a closed closet of words and then I have a concept and the concept I go to the, the clothes closet, shall I wear red or shall I wear purple? Or, and I have, it takes me a little time to get the right, the right, there, there I am, the right uh, word. But, It's much better because I, the, the time, the time 
is it's 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 a contemplative or a meditative t- time that I that I look in my heart for what the best best uh, phrase for 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 my concept and it's it's fascinating it's, it's like an inner dialogue and the, the one thing is that I may take too long before you will get frustrated. <laughs> and, but, no, I, this aphasia uh, um, speech Wow, just these silences. <laughs> just these silences. Do you feel that you have a different appreciation of the nature of consciousness after your stroke than you did before your stroke? I don't think so, because um, before the stroke, I had Maharaji, and before Maharaji, I had psychedelics, and they gave me uh, a clear indication about what consciousness is. So I'm probably not. Uh, No, I don't think I have any, except um, I separate myself from my body. Um, Because the stroke is a, is an external uh, affair. It's not an internal one. Um, The No, it's a like like the stroke is is in time and I am infinite my my universe 
my soul universe is not in time or space. Can you help me understand, Ramdas, what you mean by your soul? What you are referring to when you refer to the soul? Um, uh, if you if you leave this plane of consciousness, which uh, the things and ego and thoughts, the next plane of consciousness is is a uh, is a, a spiritual one um, and this is the plane of soul. Now, my soul has been through many, many incarnations. And it has gone from one into another, to another, to another. And then it has come into this this incarnation which has which has an ego and a body and parents and all kinds of things and a yeah a body and then if you go beyond that, you come to the, the, the Hindus call it the Atman. It's where you come to the big soul. The big soul the God, Guru, and self are no other than one. That's where my Guru is. Now, as a soul, I see, I witness the Incarnation. soul has karma that that it has gotten from past lives soul would be individual and the Atman is not individual. The Atman is the soul 
of the universe. And the generally we think of the ego as me or I, and that's a thought. It's who we think we are in the head. And then when we dig, dig deep enough through deep enough consciousness or through there, through the spiritual way, what then we come to the real self, the real self. And that's either the soul or the the mega soul. The the soul I I I I see death as a ceremony in which the ego turns into the soul and that identify in uh, identifies with ego and to the soul and then after death they you get to uh, soul land that's my uh, my the soul of course has no time and space so soul land is is a plane of consciousness which has no time or space but we project into it we project it from our egos we project it as heaven or hell or forests or schools or then then after you get the soul land with my guru we will choose my next incarnation
You're listening to Insights at the Edge, produced by Sounds True. If you're interested in listening to previous episodes of Insights at the Edge, they're all available for free in a searchable database as part of our new direct access membership program. For more information, please visit soundstrue.com forward slash direct access. And now back to Insights at the Edge. So Ramdas, what I'm curious about is in speaking with you here, I feel almost as if we're in soul land together, hearing you describe how there was a radical disidentification with the body after your stroke. I appreciate this sense of being in soul land. But what I'm curious about is how we get to what you called mega soul. What's the journey from soul land where there are individual souls to Atman, to the mega soul plane? The the mega soul is all of it. (laughs) It's all, all, all planes of consciousness. The megasoul, the Atman, contains the Jivatman, which is the individual soul. You, but you, in order to be part of the one, you be, you be. Like, for example, take love as a path. You love people and love and then you be then as you get love, love, love and then when you you love somebody you say we are in love now in love means not with each other we are in the ocean of love you should uh, uh, a person is a stimulus to you to 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 go into that one love the so you thank your lover for for being the stimulus for for my falling into the fa- falling into the ocean of love and when two people are in the ocean of love there's no two people 
There is just love. There's just love. In other words, we, to get into the one you keep being and being and being and being and go in you keep plummeting the depths of being and you 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 go through through planes of consciousness and then you end up with all the planes of consciousness. For example, when I, when I, when I got to a plane or another plane, my guru would be there waiting because he could, he was in every plane. While we, we here at, in the world, we are only one plane. And so, say, how do I get that? Get there. He he mirrors my soul and my Atman. In other words, anybody it's a real guru. Somebody who mirrors for you the Atman. He mirrors, he mirrors love and compassion and peace. Enjoy. And wisdom. And when we get that identification with our real self, we get wisdom subjectively not objectively when I walk up to a tree objectively there is a tree an oak but 
that tree has consciousness. The same consciousness I have. And for me, that introduction of one consciousness with another, I know the tree. And we are together in the one. Tammy, have I confused you? Well, I do have a question about the consciousness of the tree and the consciousness of a human being. I certainly can imagine a scientifically oriented person thinking about the human brain and the way the human brain processes ideas and information and thinking that the consciousness of a human might be quite different than whatever might be considered the wakefulness or consciousness of a tree. So I am musing on that as I'm listening to you. Well, just think of all the cells... that compose the tree and the cells that our brains are. And in the cells is the one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving you a scientific explanation. Yes, I realize that. And I, I appreciate actually what you're saying, Ramdas, and especially the unitive space in which it's being said. I appreciate that. I'll tell you the actual question where I'd like to take our conversation for a moment, which is when I hear you talk about Neem Karoli Baba, about Maharaji, about your guru, you speak about him as a perfected being. And it feels to me that you speak to him about a being that seems far beyond your own human evolution to date. It's with a tremendous amount of reverence and awe and as if he's, you know, several, you know, light years, or I don't know what you would want to call it, more perfected and developed than you find yourself as a human being. So first of all, I'm curious if that's accurate. Yeah, that's accurate. It's like um, walking up a path uh, uh, on a mountain, and there's a and there's a guy um, on, uh, in front of you, and he's come on, come on. He says, "Come on." Um, I see the road ahead and I'm and I'm telling you it's all right it's all right a, a teacher would be somebody walks along with you and says 
it's okay. It's okay because we both see it's okay. But he is the guru. Yeah. Tammy, I, I, I see Tammy. Uh, I am not the one in my consciousness because I have still individuality. And he, for example, when I, when I come near him, I, I feel, I feel love for everybody in the universe. I feel when I get into his aura, his aura is just an ocean of love. And I, all I can do is witness that, witness that as a soul. I can't be it yet. Even though I know that I will be it and are being it but I can't do it with 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 the ego I have I recognize and appreciate the humility of your statement Ramdas I think the part that I'm curious about is I hear a lot of conversation in contemporary circles about how really this idea of the human guru is filled with a lot of projections of our ideal nature onto another human being, and that no matter how far anyone's progressed, they're still human with their human shadows and issues to work out, and that it's more realistic to see these supposed quote-unquote gurus, even from the East, through a lens of psychological awareness that they're still human beings with material to work out, and that we're projecting idealization on them. And I'm curious what you think about that.
You know, I, I, I was around Maharaji, and as a psychologist, I could, I cannot see a personality. I mean, you remember the story that I gave him um, psilocybin and I gave him and I saw him take um, pills that would that would you or me would find disruptive to our systems and nothing happened to him. Nothing happened. Um, if you read the the words of these people like Ramana Maharshi or Ramakrishna or Ananda Maima or Nityananda. They're, they're, they're so much the same. They're coming from the same space. You can see the difference in their in their personalities, but they don't identify with their personalities in the same way as I, I, I do not identify with my body. My body is 80 years old. My body has a stroke. But I am infinite. And I, I, I get into my consciousness right at the outer edge and I I have I have
I have Maharaji You know, Tammy, when I went to India, I came home and I said, I've got a jewel here. We in the West have... have a a range of um, we have at the at the the at the top side we have Einstein Lincoln and something like that and I've suddenly come across human beings who make me think that the see uh, Jesus is an example or Buddha is an example Abraham is an example. I think I'm starting to appreciate your experience of Maharaji. My question is, how do you relate to Maharaji in a way that you mentioned God, Guru, and the self are inseparable? So how do you relate to this great being from a place of inseparability? The word relate is probably the, we're having difficulty with because he is uh, inside me. I talk to him with ego and and Atman. His consciousness I met with met with he 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 ended up in that body in India. Now he's assumed another body, an astral body. And I haven't... What I relate to him is I... Um, I 
identify with the presence. He is presence in, in, in my world. He is presence. And I identify with that presence. And and that's when I am Atman. And I can't I can't stay in it because this is me. <laughs> because it's Like I can be, anywhere, and I'll feel that presence. And then I'll go back in my imagination. This is pretty weird. And in a, a talk with him, as long as I feel that presence, and I'll talk in my imagination, because he he permeates my imagination. Ramdas, I just have a couple more questions for you. You know, you have here at age 80 accomplished so much in your life and benefited so many people. And I'm curious if you have any sense of something you have yet that you want to accomplish here on Earth. What suffering... I see in my fellow humans and the earth I want to be uh, be a tiny bit of the force that changes that. I'm not presenting myself as Buddha or as Jesus or as Maharaji, but I just want to be 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 in that force. The way I've said is I want to 
I want to to carry out my guru's will, I guess. That's beautiful. And Ramdas, I've seen it written that you were asked to sum up your life's message and that what you said was, I help people as a way to work on myself and I work on myself as a way to help people. And I'm curious, how are you currently, quote unquote, working on yourself, if that makes any sense to you now? Do you feel you are currently working on yourself? Sure. Sure. Well, I cozy up to to Maharaji (laughs) so that I can hear this message. And I'll take my mala, my beads, and I'll say the names of God with each bead. That the names of the of the one. The Sufis have the names of God and the Hindus so those names are the Atman And trying to keep by keeping all of the all of the objects of this plane. I say Ramize them. I Ramize them because I Ram, 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 Ram. And then I get the one. How do I help people? That's my name is Ram is God and Das is servant. And I serve God by helping people to 
get in their souls and get to the Atman. If I pass a person on the street, I look at that person as a soul. That gives them a little help to becoming one with God. You know, Tammy, this is a this is a strange interview. <laughs> Why do you say so? <laughs> well, I'm. opening up things that I haven't even talked to myself about. (laughs) You're a good interviewer. (laughs) Well, thank you. And I have to say that in this conversation, I feel a sense of cozying up to the energy of Maharaji, that ocean of love. And I feel that you've really brought that presence to our Sounds True listeners. And I'm so grateful for that. I know that the people listening have now the opportunity to tune in to that loving awareness that you've brought here both in your words and in the spaces between your words. So thank you so much, Ram Das. Thank you for being so loving and for sharing so vulnerably. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tammy. Thank you. Namaste. I've been speaking with Ram Das He's in Maui, and we've been talking to each other about what it's like to live in soul land. Ramdas has created with Sounds True several audio programs, including a series called Experiments in Truth, which is a collection of classic lectures by Ramdas from the 60s to the 90s. We've also just recently released a series of teachings on the Bhagavad Gita. It's called Love, Service, Devotion, and the Ultimate Surrender. And this is a series of lectures that Ramdas gave at Naropa University in the late 1970s. It's considered to be an all-time classic series of lectures that sounds true digitally edited and remastered. And Sounds True has also released a wonderful program with Ram Das called Conscious Aging on the nature of change and facing death. Thanks everyone for listening. SoundsTrue.com. Many voices, one journey.